sometimes I wonder why I spent the lonely Welcome to Subtle Beast, everybody. I am your host, Foltz. With me, as always, my brother from another mother, Mr. Steve Apostolopoulos. What's happening, my man? Hey, Foltz. What's happening with you, dude? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited. Well, our podcast today is going to be covering one of, you know, uh, our personal, I can say, favorite topics to discuss. And, uh, well, you get me going on this topic, we could just go on for hours and hours. So Years. I'm excited about it. But, uh... Yeah, so obviously you can, uh, well, maybe not obviously, but for, you know, from our title, Paradox, we're going to be discussing some time travel again tonight. We did a, uh, an episode long time ago on time travel, but we felt uh, that we needed to expand on it a little bit, right, Steve? Well, yeah, the episode from a long time ago was so much fun. I love talking about time travel. It's something that you and I have talked about for our, our lifetimes together. So, yeah, we're into it again. Yeah, we totally are. As a matter of fact, we were trying to do our own little experiments here in the studio uh, today with some type of time travel. Um, now, what type? It's not that extent. There's not that much research. I don't, I couldn't do it, but we were messing around with an app that uh, you take a picture of yourself and it makes you shows you what you look like when you were younger. I had to disagree. Definitely <laughs> didn't look like me when I was younger. But the one that I that when I switched it to the older version of myself, which like 25 years from now, it looked like pretty accurate. The older one is. I hated seeing it, but yeah, it probably was pretty accurate. Yeah, I mean, but the one that when they made you young again, that looked exactly like you when you were younger. It was I crazy. Agree. The age regression was good on mine. I think it's hit or miss. Sometimes you get a good young or maybe a good old. Um, I deleted my old. Your old looked awesome. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with my old. I mean, if that's what I look like when I'm you know, 70, I'll take it. Yeah, for sure. There's two different olds. One is an old, and then one is cool old. And the cool old has like long hair. Yeah, like a hippie style. Yeah, so that was very cool. Yeah, I was totally into it. Very, very funny stuff. But we're going to go a lot deeper than an app that makes you look younger or older. And try and stick with us because, uh, you know, going through these paradoxes and different um, theories throughout physics can get uh, pretty intense. But uh, what we're going to cover from a lot of the information we put together was uh, what, Steve? There was a study that was done by the University of Queensland. Yep. And they go through in diff lots of different theories. And, you know, we might as well just jump off and get into it. Let's hit it. Yeah, okay. let's do it. So what we're going to start off with first is, uh, is time travel paradox-free? Now, some researchers say that theoretically it is. Now, the past is obdurate. Stephen King wrote in his book about a man who goes back in time to prevent the Kennedy assassination. It doesn't want to be changed. It turns out King might have been on to something. Countless science fiction tales have explored the paradox of what would happen if you went back in time and did something in the past that endangered the future. Perhaps one of the most famous pop culture examples is in Back to the Future, when Marty McFly goes back in time and accidentally stops his parents from meeting, putting his own existence into jeopardy. But maybe McFly wasn't in much danger after all. Now, according to a new paper from researchers at the University of Queensland, even if time travel were possible, the paradox couldn't actually exist. Now, researchers ran the numbers, and they determined that even if you made a change in the past, the timeline would essentially self-correct. 
ensuring that whatever happened to send you back in time would still happen. Let's say you traveled back in time in an attempt to stop COVID-19's patient zero from being exposed to the virus. Now, University of Queensland scientist Fabio Costa told the university news service, however, if you stopped that individual from becoming infected, that would eliminate the motivation for you to go back in time and stop the pandemic in the first place, said Costa, who co-authored the paper with honors undergraduate student Jermaine Tobar. This is a paradox, an inconsistency that often leads people to think that time travel cannot occur in our universe. A variation is known as the grandfather paradox, in which a time traveler kills their own grandfather in the process preventing the time traveler's birth. Now, the logical paradox has given researchers a headache, in part because according to Einstein's theory of general rel relativity, closed time-like curves are possible, theoretically allowing an observer to travel back in time and interact with their past self, potentially endangering their own existence. But these researchers say that such a paradox wouldn't necessarily exist because events would adjust themselves. Take the coronavirus patient zero example. You might try and stop the patient zero from becoming infected, but in doing so, you would catch the virus and become patient zero, or someone else would, Tobar told the university news service. In other words, a time traveler could make changes, but the original outcome would still find a way to happen. Maybe not the same way it happened in the first timeline, but close enough so that the time traveler would still exist and would still be motivated to go back in time. No matter what you did, the salient events would just recalibrate around you. The paper, Reversible Dynamics, which closed timelike curves and freedom of choice, was published in a peer-reviewed journal, Classical and Quantum Gravity. The findings seem consistent with another time travel study published in peer-reviewed journal, Physical Review Letters. That study found that changes made in the past won't drastically alter the future. Best-selling science fiction author Blake Crouch, who has written extensively about time travel, said the new study seems to support what certain time travel tropes have posed it all along. The universe is uh, deterministic, and attempts to alter past event X are destined to be the forces which bring past event X into being, Crouch told NPR via an email. So the future can affect the past, or maybe time is just an illusion. But I guess it's cool that the math checks out. Now, this is something that is totally different. This this train of thought is kind of the now train of thought. Right. Um, the just 10 years ago train of thought was still stuck on the butterfly effect. Correct. Where if you go back to the dinosaur ages and kill a butterfly, it's going to affect something horribly, change it in the future. Uh, now they're going with more of a, whatever you do back there, it's not going to really matter. It's just going to adapt around you, and what was supposed to be is going to be. Right. It reminds me of a scene in uh, in The Matrix when Neo goes to see the Oracle, and he walks in, and they exchange their pleasantries, and she says, don't worry about the vase. And he turns to see what vase, and when he turns to see, that's when he knocks it over. And she's like... What's really going to boggle your noodle later is, what if you broke the face if I wouldn't have said anything? Yes. I mean, it's along those lines, just that crazy interaction. But, uh, yeah, let's keep going on, Steve. You want to take this next, next section? Yeah, this one's cool. Time travel is possible, but it's a one-way ticket. 
The ability to travel through time, whether it is to fix a mistake in the past or gain insight into the future, has long been embraced by the science fiction community and debated by theoretical physicists. While the debate continues over whether traveling into the past is possible, physicists have determined that traveling into the future most certainly is, and you don't need a wormhole or a DeLorean to do it. Real-life time travel occurs through time dilation, a property of Einstein's special relativity. Einstein was the first to realize that time is not constant, as previously believed, but instead slows down as you move faster through space. As part of this theory, Einstein re-envisioned space itself. He coined the phrase space-time, fusing the three dimensions of space and one dimension of time into a single term. Instead of treating space as a flat and rigid place that holds all objects in the universe, Einstein thought of it as curved and malleable, able to form gravitational dips around masses and pull other objects in, just as a bowling ball placed in the center of a trampoline would cause any smaller objects placed on the trampoline to slide towards the center. The closer an object gets to the center of the dip, the faster it accelerates. The center of the Earth's gravitational dip is located at the Earth's core, where gravitational acceleration is the strongest. According to Einstein's theory, because time moves more slowly as you move faster through space, the closer an object is to the center of the Earth, the slower time moves for that object. This effect can be seen in GPS satellites, which orbit 20,200 kilometers above the Earth's surface. These satellites have highly precise clocks on board that gain an average of 38 microseconds per day due to time dilation. While this time gain it seems insignificant, GPS satellites rely on their onboard clocks to maintain precise global positioning. Running 38 microseconds fast would result in a positioning error of nearly 10 kilometers on Earth, an error that would, increase, would be increasing daily if time difference was not corrected for constantly. Now, a, a more dramatic example of time dilation can be seen in the movie Interstellar, Folds. Yeah, yeah, my favorite. Foltz loves interstellar. I do. When Matthew McConaughey and his crew land on a planet with an extreme gravitational field caused by a nearby black hole. Because of the black hole's intense gravitational influence, time slows dramatically for the crew on the planet, making one hour on the surface equal to seven years on Earth. This is why when the crew returns to Earth, Matthew McConaughey's daughter is an old woman while he appears to be the same age as when he left. So why hasn't humanity succeeded in making such drastic leaps forward in time? Well, the answer to this question comes down to velocity. In order for humanity to send a traveler years into the future, we would either have to take advantage of the intense gravitational acceleration caused by black holes or send the traveler rocketing into space at close to the speed of light, which is about a billion kilometers per hour. With our current technology, jumping a few microseconds into the future is all humans can manage at this point. But if technology one day allows us to send a human into the future by traveling close to the speed of light, would there be any way for the traveler to use time dilation to return to the past and report her findings? 
Interstellar traveler reaching close close to the speed of light might be possible, says Jamie Matthews, professor of astrophysics at the University of British Columbia. But this voyage is one way. Into the future, not back into the past. If we can't use time dilation to return to the past, does this mean that the past is forever inaccessible? Perhaps not. Einstein proposed that time travel into the past could be achieved through an Einstein-Rosen bridge, a type of wormhole. Wormholes are theoretical areas of space-time that are warped in a way that connects two distant points in space. Einstein's equations suggest that this bridge in space could hypothetically connect two points of time instead if it were stable enough. At the moment, even Einstein-Rosen bridge cannot be used to go back into the past because it does not live long enough, meaning it is not stable, Matthews explains. Wow. <clears throat> yeah, so, you know, from other research that we've done on, um, on wormholes, they say that just to hold it open for just microseconds takes such an immense amount of energy that, and they don't even know how wide they could get that open. So imagine if you want to travel through... Well, if you've seen the movie Interstellar, they do it. It was put out in the middle of, uh, you know, out past, I think it was past Saturn, and it was just the sphere. Um, and they travel through that, and that was basically the wormhole into, well, another interstellar planetary system. A lot of portals, uh, wormholes, portals, Right. They're, they're very similar. Yeah, like we've talked about portals uh, when we covered, um, oh, uh, the ranch and Stargates. Skin, Skinwalker Ranch, yeah, and Stargates and Skinwalker Ranch. They had seen beings come through them, and obviously in uh, in Stargates, um, that some still exist. They just don't know how to utilize them, they say, out in, out in the desert area. I mean, it's interesting. Do we just not have the technology, is, or is our physics wrong, or does it just need expanded upon? Or is it a relic? Maybe it worked in the past. Right. And, the, and it's been forgotten. Yeah, me and Steve were talking about in pre-show how um, in the movie uh, The Day the Earth Stood Still, when um, the lead character uh, takes, I think it's uh, Sandra Bullock. I think it's Sandra Bullock. Uh, she takes um, the alien, which is Keanu Reeves, to go see this professor. And he's got these this whiteboard, and it's got all these different equations, or just one big equation written, written out. They never really tell you what it is, but... Uh, uh, I think that it's probably uh, the calculation for speed of light travel because he, Keanu Reeves starts erasing it. Uh, Sandra Bullock tells him not to do it. He says he won't mind. And when the guy comes back in and sees him working on it, he starts working on it a little bit beside him, and Keanu Reeves erases what he does and then writes another equation. And the guy just stands back after it's done and is like, is it possible? And then he looks at Keanu Reeves and says, oh, my God, it's you. He knows that he's extraterrestrial based off of the mathematics. I mean, he had some equation that he thought was accurate, but it was completely wrong. Maybe that's where we are. Yeah, we. I mean, he was on the cusp. He was headed in the right direction, but it just took that extraterrestrial brain to finish it because we weren't evolved to that point yet. That's right. That's exactly right. Hold on, I got a little bit more here. Oh, okay. So even if the uh, wormhole was stable, it still requires other physics, which we don't have. Hypothetical particles and states of matter that have exotic physical properties that would violate known laws of physics, such as a particle having a negative mass. That is why wormholes are only science fiction at this point. 
While it would be fascinating to travel back in time to see the dinosaurs or to meet Albert Einstein and show him the reality of time travel, perhaps it is best if the past remains untouched. Traveling to the past invites the possibility of making an alteration that could destroy the future. For example, in Back to the Future, Marty McFly travels to the past and inadvertently prevents his parents from meeting each other, nearly preventing his own existence. But if he had undone his own existence, how could he have traveled back in time in the first place? Marty's adventures are a variation of the grandfather paradox. What happens if you go back in time and kill your grandfather before your father was conceived? If you are successful, how is it possible that you're alive to kill your grandfather in the first place? A recent study at the University of Queensland may have that answer to this baffling paradox. In this study, the researchers prove mathematically that paradox-free time travel is possible, showing that the universe will self-correct to avoid inconsistencies. If this is true, then even if we could travel back in time, we would never be able to alter events to create a different future. While these new findings are enlightening, there appears to be more evidence that although time dilation can allow us to glimpse into the future, we will never be able to visit the past. As the late Stephen Hawking said in his book, Black Holes and Baby Universes, the best evidence we have that time travel into the past is not possible and never will be is that we have not been invaded by hordes of tourists from the future. Yeah, and that's pretty accurate. I mean, and he went he went as far as to try and um set set up the perfect time travel scenario. I mean, obviously before he passed, I think it was in like 20 or 2007, something like that. He sent out an invitation to a party and but he didn't invite anybody, but he had he himself was there and he had this room that he had rented for the party, decorations, all kinds of uh, champagne and wine and everything, even the food. And he, and, he, and, he, and he set this up knowing that nobody was going to come, but the invitation was for uh, a time traveler in the future that if time travel was possible, go back to that party, walk through the doors of that party, meet Stephen Hawking's. I mean, you'll have all the food and drink you want so you guys can sit there and talk for ages, but that would be the proof right there. And... Yeah, the problem for me in my head is that I have to think is, well, is it just it just hasn't been invented yet in the future? But that doesn't make any sense because the future could be endless. So at some point, who knows? Maybe it's just not in our lifetime where the people that want to come back don't have anything to say to us, per se. Who knows? Either that or maybe this article is onto something and travel forward is possible. Travel backwards may only be possible maybe in a conscious state or an energy state where you can't physically go back, but you may be able to travel back and just kind of observe in like a... Like watching a movie, like viewing it. Right. Right. Uh, Because there was a guy that we were actually supposed to do an interview with. uh, um, I'm having a hard time with his name right now, but he he ran for president at one point. uh, But his theory was that you go back in time. If you go back in time, you've always been part of that. So there wouldn't be anything to change. However... Other people speculate, and other theories are that if you go back in time, you're not necessarily going back in time in your timeline. You could be going back in time into a different timeline that's similar. So even if you were to change something and it changed in that timeline, you didn't necessarily change the events in, in the other timeline. And you can check out more of that on our uh, podcast about parallel dimensions. There you go. There you go. Okay, so this next one we're going to go into is it's – the real rules for time travelers. Now, time travel may, in fact, be possible. 
But it wouldn't work like in Back to the Future. For one thing, you don't have to worry about your parents failing to create you. You already exist. Now, people all have their own ideas of what a time machine would look like. If you're a fan of the 1960 movie version of H.G. Wells' classic novel, it would be a steampunk sled with a red velvet chair, flashing lights, and a giant spinning wheel on the back. For those whose notions of time travel were formed in the 80s, it would be a souped-up stainless steel sports car. Details of operation vary from model to model, but they all have one thing in common. When somebody actually time travels through time, the machine ostentatiously dematerializes, only to reappear many years in the past or future. And most people could tell you that such time machine would never work, even if it looked like a DeLorean. They would be half right. This is not how time travel might work. But time travel in some other form is not necessarily off the table. Since time is kind of like space, the four dimensions go hand in hand. A working time machine would zoom off like a rocket rather than disappearing in a puff of smoke. Einstein described our universe in four dimensions, the three dimensions of space and one of time. So traveling back in time is nothing more or less than the fourth dimensional version of walking in a circle. All you would have to do is use an extremely strong gravitational field, like that of a black hole, to bend space and time. From this point of view, time travel seems quite difficult, but not, ob not obviously impossible. And what that makes me think of, actually, is they're talking about the fourth dimensional version, walking in a circle, and having the gravitation to do that. That was also in my one of my favorite movies, Interstellar, when he travels through the black hole, and then he finds himself falling into the Tesseract, um, he's able to see back in time. He's not able to uh, to interact with it directly, but through gravity, he's able to, and he's able to send a message to the past, which then actually helps the future out. And he figures out that uh, gravity and love are the only two things that can be that can go in between the dimensions. So, if you haven't seen that movie, definitely check it out. Check out Interstellar. Now, these days, most people feel comfortable with the notion of cur curved space-time. What they trip upon is actually a more difficult conceptual problem, the time travel paradox. This is the worry that someone would go back in time and change the course of history. What would happen if you traveled into the past, to a time before you were born, and murdered your parents? But more broadly, how do we avoid changing the past as we think we have already experienced it? At the moment, scientists don't know enough about the laws of physics to say whether these laws would permit the time equivalent of walking in a circle, or in the parlance of time travelers, a closed time-like curve. If they don't permit it, there is obviously no need to worry about paradoxes. If physics is not an obstacle, however, the problem could still be constrained by logic. Do closed time-like curves necessarily lead to paradoxes? If they do, then they cannot exist. Simple as that. Logical contradictions cannot occur. More specifically, there is only one correct answer to the question. What happened at the vicinity of this particular event in space-time? Something happens. You walk through a door. You are all by yourself. You meet someone else. You somehow never showed up. Whatever it may be, and that something is whatever it is, and was whatever it was, and will be whatever it will be, once and forever. If at a certain event your grandfather and grandmother were having relations, that's what happened at the event. There is nothing you could do to change it, because it happened. You can no more change events in your past in space-time with a closed time-like curve than you can change events that already happened in ordinary space-time with no closed time-like curves. 
As we will see, the time travel paradox, the possibility of changing our past, seems intractable only because it conflicts with our notion of ourselves as being with beings with free will. Consistent stories are possible, even if space-times with closed time-like curves. To illustrate this point, imagine that you stumble upon a time machine in the form of a gate. When you pass through it in one direction, it takes you exactly one day into the past. If you pass through in the other direction, it takes you exactly one day into the future. You walk up to the gate, where you see an older version of yourself waiting for you. The two of you exchange pleasantries. Then you leave and the other self behind then you leave your other self behind as you walk through the gate into yesterday. But instead of obstinately, instead of wandering off, you wait around a day to meet up with your younger version of yourself. You have now aged into the older version you saw the day before, with whom you exchange pleasantries before going on your way. Everyone's versions of every event would be completely consistent. We can have much more dramatic stories that are nevertheless consistent. Imagine that we have appointed guardian of the gate and our job is to keep the vigilant watch over who passes through. One day, as we're standing off to the side, we see a person walk out of the rear side of the gate emerging from one day in the future. That's no surprise. It just means that you will see that person enter the front side of the gate tomorrow. But as you keep watch, you notice that he simply loiters around for one day, and when precisely 24 hours have passed, the traveler calmly walks through the front of the gate. Nobody ever approached from elsewhere. That 24-hour period const constitutes the entire lifespan of this time traveler. He experiences the same thing over and over again, although he doesn't realize it himself since he does not accumulate new memories along the way. Every trip through the gate is precisely the same to him. That may strike you as weird or unlikely, but there's nothing paradoxical or logically inconsistent about it. The real question is this. What happens if we try to cause trouble? That is, what if we choose not to go along with the plan? Let's say you meet a day older version of yourself just before you cross through the front of the gate and jump backward in time, as if, as if you will hang around for a day to greet yourself in the past. But once you actually do jump backward in time, you still seem to have a choice about what to do next. You can obediently fulfill your apparent destiny, or you can cause trouble by wandering off. What is, what is to stop you from deciding to wander? That seems like it would create a paradox. Your younger self bumped into your older self, but your older self decides not to cooperate, apparently violating the consistency of the story. Now, we know what the answer is. That cannot happen. If you met up with the older version of yourself, we know with absolute certainty that once you age into that older self, you will be there to meet your younger self. That is because, from your personal point of view, that meetup happened. And there is no way to make it unhappen any more than we can change the past without any time travel complications. There may be more than one consistent set of things that could happen at various events in space-time, but one and only one set of things actually does occur. Consistent stories happen. Inconsistent ones do not. The vexing part is understanding what forces us to play along. The issue that troubles us, when you get down to it, is free will. We have a strong feeling that we cannot be predestined to do something we choose not to do. That becomes difficult feeling to sustain if we've already seen ourselves doing it. Of course, there are some predestinations we are willing to accept. If we get thrown out of a window on the top floor of a skyscraper, we expect a hurdle to the ground. No matter how much we would rather fly away and land safely elsewhere, the, the much more detailed kind of predestination implied by closed time-like curves. 
where it seems that we simply cannot make certain choices, like walking away after meeting a future version of ourselves, and it's bothersome. The nub of the problem is that you cannot have a consistent arrow of time in the presence of closed time-like curves. The arrow of time is simply the distinction between the past and the future. We can turn an egg into an omelet, but not an omelet into an egg. We can remember yesterday, but not tomorrow. We are born, grow older, and die. Never the reverse. Scientists, scientists explain all of these manifestations of the arrow of time in terms entropy. Loosely, the disorderliness of a system. A neatly stacked collection of papers has a low entropy, while the same collection of scattered across the desktop has a high entropy. The entropy of any system left to its own devices will either increase with time or stay constant. That is celebrated second law of thermodynamics. The arrow of time comes down to the fact that entropy increases towards the future and was lower in the past. A statement like, we remember the past and not the future, makes sense to us because, under ordinary circumstances, but in the presence of closed time-like curves, some events are in our past and also in our future. So do we remember such events or not? In general, events along a closed time-like curve cannot be compatible with un un uninterrupted increase of entropy along the curve. Now that's a puzzle. On a closed curve, the entropy has finished exactly where it started, but the arrow of time says the entropy tends to increase and never decrease. Something has to give. Now to emphasize this point, think about a hypothetical traveler who emerges from the gate only to enter it from the other side one day later so that this entire life story is one day loop repeated into infinity. Take a moment to contemplate the exquisite level of precision required to pull this off. If we think about the loop as starting at one point, the traveler would have to ensure that one day later, every single atom in his body was in precisely the right place to join up smoothly with his past self. He would have to make sure, for example, that his clothes did not accumulate a single extra speck of dust that was not there one day earlier. This seems incompatible with our experience of how entropy increases. If we merely shook hands with our former selves rather than joining up with them, the required precision doesn't seem quite so dramatic. In either case, though, the insistence that we be right in front at the time puts a very stringent constraint on our possible future actions. Our concept of free will is intimately related to the idea that the past may be set in stone, but the future is up for grabs. Even if we believe that the laws of physics and principle determine the evolution of some particular state of the universe with perfect fidelity, we don't know what the state is. And in the real world, the increase of entropy is constant with any number of possible futures. A closed time-like curve seems to imply predestination. We know what is going to happen to us is in the future because we witnessed it in our past. Closed time-like curves, in other words, make the future resemble the past. It is set in stone, not all up for grabs. The reason we think the past is a fixed one, and for all, is that there is a boundary condition at the beginning of time. The entropy of the universe started very small, at the time of the Big Bang, and has been growing ever since. Ordinarily, we do not imagine that there is an analogous boundary condition in the future. Entropy continues to grow, but we cannot use that information to draw any conclusions. If we used cl closed time-like curve to observe something about our future actions, those actions become predestined. That's actual information about the history of the universe, over and above what we normally glean from the laws of physics, and it makes us uncomfortable. If closed time-like curves exist, ensuring that all events are consistent is just as strange and unnatural to us as the movie played backward, or any other example of evolution that decreases entropy.
It's not impossible, it's just highly unlikely. So either closed time-like curves cannot exist, or big macroscopic things cannot travel on truly closed paths through space-time, unless everything we think we know about entropy and the era of time is wrong. Life on a closed time-like curve seems pretty drab. Once you start moving along such a curve, you're required to come back to precisely at the point where you started. An observer standing outside, however, has what is seemingly the opposite problem. What happens along such a curve cannot be uniquely predicted from the prior state of the universe. We have the strong constraint that evolution along a closed time-like curve must be consistent. But there will always be a large number of consistent evolutions that are possible, and the laws of physics seem powerless to predict which ones will actually come to pass. In the usual way of thinking, the laws of physics function like a computer. You give as input the preset state, and by the laws return as output what the state will be one instant later, or earlier if we wish. By repeating this process many times, we can build up the entire history of the universe from start to finish. In that sense, complete knowledge of the present implies complete knowledge of all history. Wow. I know, it's deep. <laughs> it is. Closed time-like curves would make such a program impossible, as a simple thought experiment reveals. Hark back to the stranger who appeared out of the gate into yesterday then jumped back in the other side a day later to form a closed loop. There would be no way to predict the existence of such a stranger from the state of the universe at an earlier timeline. Let's say we start in a universe that, at some particular moment, has no closed time-like curves. The laws of physics purportedly allow us to predict what happens in the future of that moment. This ability vanishes as soon as someone builds a time machine and creates a closed time-like curve. Mysterious strangers and other random objects can then appear out of thin air and disappear just as quickly. We can insist all we like that what happens in the presence of closed time-like curves can be consistent. But that requirement is not enough to make the events predictable. With the future determined by the laws of physics, and the state of the universe at one moment in time. Indeed, closed time-like curves can make it impossible to define the universe at one moment in time. Ordinarily, we can imagine slicing our four-dimensional universe into three-dimensional moments of time. In the presence of closed time-like curves, though, we generally will not be able to slice space-time that way. Locally, in the near vicinity of any particular point in space-time, we can always divide events into the past and the future. But we might not be able to do this throughout the universe. The warping associated with the closed time-like curve could cause our slice to twist back on itself, making it impossible to divide all of space-time into distinct moments. We would therefore have to abandon the concept of determinism. The idea that the state of the universe at any one time determines the state of all other times. We would also have to abandon free will because witnessing part of our future history implies some amount of predestination. I mean, do we value determinism so highly that we should reject the possibility of closed time-like curves entirely? Not necessarily. 
we could imagine a different way in which the laws of physics could be formulated. Not as a computer that calculates the next moment from the present moment, but as a set of conditions that are imposed on the history of the universe as a whole. It is not clear that such conditions might be, but we have no way of excluding the idea on a basis of pure thought. All this may sound like vacillation, but it provides an important lesson. Some of our understanding of time is based on logic and the known laws of physics, but some of it is based purely on convenience and reasonable-sounding assumptions. We think that the ability to uniquely determine the future from knowledge of our present state is important, but the real world might end up having other ideas. If physicists discover that closed time-like curves really can exist, we will have to dramatically rethink the way we understand time. In that case, the universe could not be nicely divided into a series of separate moments of time. The ultimate answer to the puzzles raised by closed time-like curves is probably that they simply can't exist. But if that is true, though, it is because the laws of physics do not let you warp space-time enough to create them, not because they let you kill your grandfather before you were born. Everybody's still with us. I just picture, I hope nobody's uh, brain is like short-circuiting with different like, sparks coming out of it. It's a lot of information that goes pretty, pretty deep. It's some new stuff, man. It's a new way of thinking. It's it's a deeper dive than we're used to thinking about. Yeah, I mean, they're saying theoretically that, yeah, I guess it's possible for you to be able to go back in the past and interact. And maybe even if you would attempt to try and change something that the universe is going to correct for it in some way. You're not going to be able to steal that moment in time away. You just maybe end up stealing that from somebody else and it indirectly happening to you. I like to think of it like this. The, the universe's bigness is unfathomable to man. We are so small. If you look up at all of the stars and you realize those are all suns to planetary systems that are far away from us and that they're so vast and there's so much out there that it's it's just uncomprehendable for us to understand it. Then you can use that same theory to think about time travel. What we see as linear, or as they say, the time arrow, uh, things that happen always progress forward and entropy continues to grow. It could possibly not be that way, but we just aren't big enough to understand that. It's very true, and that's a very good point. And also... Maybe all of this is possible, but the only thing preventing us from going to the to the future or the past are these meat suits that we wear every day that are filled with, uh, if you want to say, soul or energy or anything that this this human life form that we're in, based upon the 3D world that we live in, cannot come up with a program to be able to, you know, go to travel to a different dimension or time or space and time and uh maybe that's what's come what's what's next in the in the next life in the next part of our energy moving on maybe you can go and do anything there i uh, think that's definitely a possibility i've i've heard that from religious figures and i think i remember that from sunday school they say that when you get to heaven and you are able to re uh to meet all of your ancestors and you get to play your life over again and look at your highlights kind of like a highlight reel or 
fast forward or rewind and check out parts of it that you may have forgotten and it's kind of infinity up there so you get to check out what you did for your 80 90 however whatever your finite life is here on earth but you you it's yours to keep and you can share it and you can review it and rewind it and and look at it and fast forward it so in in that way on a different plateau or dimension time travel would absolutely be possible right just not in the way that we're all thinking of it that our human selves can go back and interact um yeah, I mean, if we could, and, and if, if after you move on to the next stage of life without your human body, if you, um, I'm sure if you're watching your highlight reel, that there's going to be a lot of different parts where you come across that you're, you're going to end up pulling space balls on it and be like, no, 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 pass this part, pass this part. <laughs> Matter of fact, never play this part again. <laughs> uh, uh, and a word of advice, don't try to separate your energy or uh, soul from your human body. No, definitely don't try and do that. Don't try and do that at all. But um, yeah, so that was uh, that's the show that we have together on different paradoxes in time travel. We're going to leave you with this. Um, this is an anonymous post that that uh, we found online and just wanted to uh, to give it a read. It's it's really interesting. It's called "Meet Yourself in the Past." The logical problem of meeting yourself in the past is that such an event is automatically eternal since it cannot possibly happen a quote-unquote first time. Why? Because if you succeed in meeting yourself in the past, it means that in the future you already know that you traveled to the past and met yourself, simply because you remember it. If in the future you don't remember having met yourself in the past, it necessarily means that you never did. So you never traveled and never will travel to the past. In the future, you remember having traveled to the past and meeting yourself. Then there is no possible past in which you never met your future self. You always travel to the past. The only way that the event is possible is that your reality is an eternal loop in which you always, from all eternity, meet yourself in the past and remember it. Furthermore, in your life's past, you always meet your future self. And in your life's future, you always remember meeting your past self. Your past and your future form an interdependence of events that requires the previous existence of one another. An eternal loop in time, such conditions make you immortal, but stranded for all eternity in an island in time. Yes. Love that. So good. It's so good. It really is. But So we hope that, uh, that you enjoyed our episode here on Paradoxes. And that uh, we didn't lose you too many times. Um, you should have seen us putting these shows together. I mean, it can be uh, <laughs> it can be a lot of a lot of coffee and a lot of hair pulling out. But uh, we wanted to do this. It is one of our favorite topics, and uh, we haven't touched on it in quite a while. We talk about it through different episodes briefly, but you know, with this new research out there, just goes to show that anything's possible with time travel. And I guess time will tell. Steve, many closing. Feels like we've done this before. I, th I, th I think we would have remembered it. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, hope everybody had fun. I had a great time. I'm sure Steve did as well. And uh, until next time, I'm Foltz. And I'm Steve. And we'll see you next time. Take care of one another. Bye-bye. <laughs>